0: What's up, Kenfolk? Welcome to the number one ranked show sponsored by Direct TV Stream. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Tonight, I'm going to reveal my top 25 rankings following week two. Talk about who should be the next head coach at USC and Florida State. Put the money in the bag. Let's go! It's the number one ranked show. (sighs) All right. So first we got to talk about the top 25, right? Cause this show is all about rankings and top twenty-fives. And here now I want you to take a look at the associated press polls, top 25 for week three. Okay. Now, You're already going to see here, I have issue with these rankings. Like, you know, say number 25 for starters. But you've seen this, okay? That's not why you are here. Why you are here is to find out what I think are the top 25 teams in all of America. In fact, in every universe of the galaxy where they play college football, these are the 25 best teams in football today. It's the only ranking that matters. All right. At number 25... On my top 25 is Virginia, who is 2-0. Last week, Virginia defeated Illinois 42 fourteen. Basically, what I'm saying is a win for Virginia against Illinois means more than a win against Washington for Michigan because, well, Montana owns the state of Washington. Everybody knows this. It's known. It's fact. Okay, number 24, I have Albert, who's also 2-0. Defeated Alabama State 62-0 last week. The Tigers have outscored opponents 122-10 in their first two games. Problem is, those opponents are Akron and Alabama State, who are a combined 1-3. And nothing like the competition the Tigers face in Penn State next week when the Tigers, who ain't played nobody, finally play somebody. At number 23, I got Kansas State. They're also 2-0. Defeated Southern Illinois 31-23 to last week. The loss of quarterback Skyler Thompson to injury in the first quarter gave K-State a chance to demonstrate depth. Instead, it managed a one-score win against an FCS opponent. However, the Cats soundly beat a Stanford team that just knocked off a top 25 USC Trojan team and got their head coach fired. It matters to me. Number 22, I have Ole Miss, who is also 2-0, defeated Austin P 54-17. to The Rebels put up 97 points in six days, and Matt Corral has thrown for an average of 331 yards in two games with six total tutties. The SEC West is going to end in a dogfight, even with Alabama on top. Spoiler, every team but LSU is ranked right here. All right, number 21, Florida 2 0, defeated South Florida 42 20, gets to prove they belong in the national title conversation against Alabama this week. I will have more to say about Florida a little bit later on, but suffice it to say, I want to see the passing attack come something like alive, all right? That's number 21. Number 20, I have Texas Christian, who is 2 0. They defeated Cal last week 34 32, and Zach Evans is a monster. I said Zach Evans is the truth, and he is making me feel a prophet. That man went for 190 yards on the ground on 22 carries with a tutty. They're going to be all right at Texas Christian. At number 19, Brigham Young coming in at 2-0. Hot. Defeated Utah 26-17 in the Holy War. I bet Kyle Whittingham knows who his rival is now. Oh geez, they watch the channel and understand where that comes from. Number 18, I got Michigan State who's also 2 and 0, defeated Youngstown State the Penguins 42 to 14, but now they get a chance to earn a common win with Alabama when they take on Miami who barely squeaked by Appalachian State last week. Number 17, I got Arizona State, 2 and 0, defeated UNLV 37 to 10, gets BYU in one of just three ranked matchups this weekend. I'm gonna be paying attention to that game. Number 16, I got Rutgers 2 and 0. Oh. Paul Rosen's Rutgers defeated Syracuse 17 to 7. Rutgers has forced eight turnovers, not seven sacks, and outscored opponents in two games by a stupid number. Rutgers has allowed just four more points, 21, than Washington, a territory of Montana, has scored all season just 17 and is allowing just 14.8% on third downs converted. You better watch your pockets when you play in Piscataway because these men are liable to empty them. At number 15, I got Cincinnati. Yes, Cincy fans, you're ranked two and O defeated Murray state 42, seven just feels unfair. Firstly, because everybody knows Murray ain't a state also beat Miami of Ohio 49, 14 to start the season and still ain't played nobody that changes this weekend. When they get Indiana, and that team might have what it takes, you know, what it takes, or I should say, that team ain't got to take it from Cincinnati, even if they do have to take it from Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, Indiana got a little pride about them, or we'll find out. Number 14, I got Virginia Tech, who is also 2-0. They defeated Middle Tennessee, 35-14. Followed up its top 10 win against UNC with a 35-14 win against Middle Tennessee, as I said. They battle West Virginia who have what it takes to expose the Hokies, or do they? We'll see what Neil Brown's up to. Number 13, I got Coastal Carolina, 2-0. Defeated Kansas, a good Kansas, 49-22. They get the same Buffalo team that lost 28-3 to Nebraska. They ought to make light work of the Bulls like a dumpster full of Stay puff marshmallows. You understand what I'm saying? Number 12, I got Texas A&M, 2-0. They defeated Colorado, 10-7. to Shortly here, because I'm going to talk in depth about them here in just a little bit. Haynes King was lost early to a fractured tibia. And ampersand U backup quarterback Zach Calzada replaced him. Had a late charge in the fourth quarter to seal the victory. We'll talk a little bit more about the Aggies in a bit. Okay. Number 11, Arkansas defeats Texas 40 to 21. All gas, Arkansas beating the brakes off of Texas. I have lots more to say about this game here in just a minute but I also need to add here the pit boss Sam Pittman is going to join the number one ranked show on Saturday and I am all the way fired up about that tremendous fan of the pit boss all right now at number 11 I got or excuse me at number 10 I got Ooh, no I got Ooh, yeah all right so I want to go back to I want to go back to Florida I want to go back to Florida because we'll get to the top 10 in a second, because I'm I'm looking at my notes, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I ain't really that sold on a Florida, okay? I'm not really that sold on a Florida because I didn't watch two games, and I haven't seen much of a passing attack, okay? I haven't seen much of a passing attack, and I don't know what to do with this defense because they beat South Florida 42-20, which seems fine on paper, I watched North Carolina State stop a mud hole in South Florida, 45-0. to You're telling me that Florida is supposed to be contending for the SEC East, which as far as I'm concerned is Georgia's division, and then playing for an SEC championship for which they would have to get past the Alabama team they face this weekend. All right? Florida fans, I see you in my mentions. I see you on the tweets. You got things to say. But now I get to find out whether or not Anthony Richardson is a Dak Prescott clone, and by that, is he able to fight the Clone Wars against Nick Saban, A.K.A. Emperor Palpatine, right? And go get you a W. You at the swamp. This is how you draw it up. You undefeated. You get Alabama in your house. Okay. Let's see if y'all gonna get the the chopping, right? What, what? This this it right here? Right? Am I doing it right? Probably not. Probably not. All right. I want to talk about A and M right quick. I want to talk about A and M. AM gonna get exposed in a couple of weeks. Okay? Because as mentioned, y'all got a quarterback problem now. You got a quarterback problem now because Haynes King and his 4540, he done for the next few weeks. And Colorado's defense was having its way with your offense. Now, the way that Texas AM has been sold to me is we got weapons at every one of the skill positions. Well, what were them weapons doing against Carl Durrell's Colorado? They all were letting that true freshman at quarterback get the best of you in the first half before Mike Elko decided, hey, we can't, we can't allow this no more, all right? I don't want them to gain another yard, all right? You come back, you get a 10-7 to win against Colorado, a team you should probably beat by three touchdowns. If you expect to go and get a W against Alabama next month, let alone beat an Arkansas team that I think is ready to come for you and to end this losing streak against you, all right? Which leads me to, I want to talk about the Hogs. I want to talk about Sam Pittman calling the Hogs against a Longhorn team that I rank number six in the country, who showed up to Fanville to get blasted on. Got just shellacked. Like, cat. Let me get those notes for Arkansas right quick, because I want to make sure I get this right. Cause Texas fans were were at church on Sunday, right? Talk about smelling like smoke, smelling like gin and check it for for <laughs> talking to church talking about you a lie and the truth ain't in you texas fans was hot they was all the way hot arkansas not only rushed for more than 300 yards right they have a quarterback in kj jefferson that sam Pittman let go run the football and not only did he let go run the football kj jefferson was not interested in shaking nobody kj jefferson was interested in and running over people all right and then you got some outstanding special teams play right you had a kicker make four of his first four field goals that's not a small thing especially after you muff a punt and you put texas down there in a position to score all right razorbacks as i said run up the yardage notch three sacks cook turnovers and ran off hudson card in their win against a ranked texas team the hogs look capable of beating AM. For the first time in nearly a decade, September 25th, that jukebox might turn on and never turn off again. Arkansas holds the all-time record over the Aggies with a 41-3 and 3. Excuse me, 41-33 and 3 record. But the Farmers have won nine in a row since 2012, matching the series record that you know the winning streak was in Arkansas, first team to set the series record in 1958, 1966. That's a long time ago. Arkansas hasn't started the season 3-0, though, since the Obama administration in 2016. They get an opportunity to do that against Georgia Southern this weekend if they can get past Georgia Southern. And then they manage to defeat the Farmers. They'll start 4-0 for the first time since 2003. That year, Houston Nutt was head coach. A number nine Arkansas beating unranked Alabama 34-31 And Get Rich or die trying came out on compact disc. I had it. I had it in my little gold compact disc player, right? It was one of the greatest moments of my life. And it's the only gift Fiddy has ever given the world. Fiddy showed up to the University of Tulsa to do a concert one time, tried to do 17 minutes and leave. I was never more proud of our D students who said, "Uh uh-uh, you want this check? You better go back out there and you better give my children a full hour. Fiddy just trying to fleece us. Like that was it. Meanwhile, as I said, Tex fans (laughs) smelling like smoke and gin and showed up at church reciting these lies, publishing preseason Bibles, shouting at no one in particular. You was a lie and the truth ain't in you. Shout out Casey Thompson again, who's gonna get the start against Rice. And uh, I am not too proud to pop my collar as we talk about this because remember, it, it looked it look bad for your boy. Because your boy had Casey Thompson and B. John Robinson as his favorite tandem going in in 2021. And then Steve Sarkeesian going to go ahead and start Hudson Card. I'm like, yo, dog, I thought we talked about this. You, you, you're supposed to have my back on this. All right. Now let's do the top 10. Because now I'm really about to make some people upset. But I promise you, I'm not trying to make you upset. I'm trying to tell the truth as I see it. Okay? So at number 10, I have Clemson. One and one, lucky to be here with the one loss, and their only win is South Carolina State, forty-nine to three. All right, no disrespect, HBCUs, but Clemson, I can't really give you any credit for beating up South Carolina State, man. All right, now both Ohio State and Clemson have taken losses to top-ranked teams, and this is how we get to you know talking about Clemson, talking about Ohio State, in that. At least Ohio State beat a conference rival who looks like, you know, a good team in Minnesota. Clemson lost to the SEC East favorite and a favorite to play in the National Championship on neutral site. The Buckeyes lost to a defending Pac-12 champion at home. Okay? Ohio State has the edge on strength of schedule played here. Not what the future schedule is, but on what they have done. Ohio State has played to somebodies. And every team on their schedule so far has been an F- See, uh, FBS opponent, I tend to think that matters, okay? Because as much as we talk about the rankings, and I think the rankings should matter, I think what should matter more is a 16-team playoff, you know, where we ain't got to pick the best teams, we can see them, and then they can go pick themselves, you know, using the ultimate picker. It's called a scoreboard. All right, number nine, I got Ohio State. They're 1-1, and lost to Oregon 35-28, and then got roasted by some children. I say roasted by some children because intrepid investigative reporter charlotte wilder (laughs) got to the bottom of this and it turns out there were a couple kids who were oregon ducks who brought with them a rubber duck to the game and were prepared went out to the center of the old block in the 50 yard line at the shoe and put the rubber ducky on the logo so keanu reeves and and neo y'all off the hook okay i love this like I understand that Baker started it all with the planting of the flag at the shoe, but now you got everybody planting the flag. Like we'll mention Florida State putting the money in the bag. They got planted on, and then we got a rubber duck just floating along in Columbus, Ohio. I kind of love it. All right, number eight, Notre Dame. They're 2-0. They defeated Toledo 32-29. to Apparently, I'm the only person on the entire internet who pays for all the streaming services and his taxes because I watched this game and the rest of y'all were like, yo RJ, tweet the play by play. No, go, go buy something. Nothing in this life is free. Goodness me. Go put your little money in there and go get, your, go get your Notre Dame game if that's what you wanna see because I'm not showing up to see Notre Dame. I'm showing up to see Notre Dame lose in that matter. Notre Dame needed to mount a comeback down 29 to 22 with 135 left to play against Toledo. So as not to lose the game along with the 1 million dollar guarantee, it owed the Rockets we were this close. We were this close to Notre Dame putting the money in the bag. But then that man Jack Cohen said, "No, no, no. I dislocate my finger. I walk up to the trainer. I say, "Put my finger back." And then I run it down the Rockets throats. All right? Now, that that's whew, goodness me. Okay. I kind of am very excited about Notre Dame because, uh, well, they get a really big game against Wisconsin here in a couple of weeks. And Wisconsin, y'all got an opportunity to get back in my good graces. Go to Chicago, go get you a win on Big Fox, and then we'll see what the what the rest of the college football landscape looks like. Number seven, I got UCLA, who was coming off a bye week, 2-0, and they're gonna need it. The Bruins get a Fresno State Bulldog team that is in it to win it. You saw what Fresno State nearly did to Oregon. And you saw what Oregon did to Ohio State. You better watch your B-A-C-K-U-C-L-A. Because Kalen DeBoer, that man was 67-3 and at the University of Sioux Falls. That man is used to winning football games. He's not used to losing to anybody at all. UCLA, you better come to play. Number six, I got Penn State. They're 2-0. and They defeated Ball State, which, again, doesn't seem fair because everybody knows Ball ain't no state. Ball don't lie. 44-13. Now you get Auburn. And Auburn team, the SEC fans continue to gas up. I don't think they're any better than Florida, but they have an opportunity like Florida to prove it this weekend going up to Happy Valley. Let's see if you can go knock off the Nittany Lions because I have them there on the strength of that Wisconsin win. So what would it mean if Wisconsin goes to beat Notre Dame? This is why we do the rankings, right? This is why we talk about these things. This is why we hash these things out. Okay, if Penn State gets past Auburn, that that, that won't do much for my rankings, right? Because at number five, I got Oklahoma, who who hung 76 on poor Western Carolina. hope the money was worth it. Gave up zero. Someone paid $54.99 to watch that game, too. The Sooners get hated Nebraska this week. And I got to go in some depth here. In 1997, Scott Frost, the head coach of Nebraska now, was quarterback at Nebraska then. And Nebraska stopped a mud hole in Oklahoma and walked it dry en route to a national title. They beat Oklahoma nice to seven. That is 69 to seven. The Huskers rushed for 409 yards and sacked now Virginia Tech quarterback and then OU quarterback in pride of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Justin Fuente, five times. Grant Wistrom had 10 tackles in that game, three forced fumbles, two sacks, and a fumble recovery, filled a Gatorade bottle, kicked the extra point, painted defense, took concession receipts, all of it. At one point in recent history, though, the Huskers were more feared than Isaac and Malachi walking through fields of corn. Okay, more feared than Jason Voorhees in an international harbor. More, more, more international harvest stir. Got to get the stir in there. More feared than Freddy Krueger in coveralls wielding a swing blade. And if you're not from Oklahoma, and you're like, "Why does this game matter? Nebraska's not any good. Oklahoma is over, is over, gonna overmatch them." You might not get it because you're not from here. So I'm, a, I'm gonna school you because Lincoln Riley might need to break the scoreboard on Saturday for some older OU fans to feel the Sooners have appropriately beaten the hell out of the Huskers, okay? It's not about how close it's going to be. It's about how far apart it's going to have to be. What does OU Nebraska mean to the old heads? What does rivalry mean to football? Here are some stories in advance of the 1987 OU Nebraska matchup, which is special to me because it's the year I was born. The LA Times wrote a feature about this, included stories like this one. Number one. A Chicago man was transferred to Kuwait but refused to go unless he could be furloughed for Nebraska Oklahoma number two a woman gave birth that week and inquired of the athletic department whether the newborn would need his own ticket to the game number three a man who says he's dying or was was dying of lung cancer wrote to the Omaha World-Herald to describe his initial emptiness. One of his first thoughts was that he wanted to be around for the '86 Husker season. He was very thankful, he wrote, to live through that year. Number four, all right, bulletin board material. The Sooners got this, stuck it on the board from quarterback Steve Taylor. When he was asked about Oklahoma, he said, quote, the flat-out truth is Oklahoma can't play with us. They are not good enough. Let me tell you, it might not even be close. I mean that. Where has been that smack talk? I want that in my football. As to compare himself to the injured Oklahoma quarterback, Jamel Holloway, the normally soft-spoken Taylor seems to have lost it. This is in the LA Times. He said, quote, I don't think there's any comparison I'm faster, I'm quicker, I throw better. Just, 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 just. I love this number six. The sixth best story. The Huskers wanted all the smoke. I got skull cracked by that wishbone, seventeen-seven in Lincoln. Sooners threw down a stake, yelled boomer in front of the Nebraska's family and children. They wife and everything, and then probably got snapped in half by Miami again, which is a story unto itself. Like, the story of Oklahoma in the 1980s is a story of Miami beating them when it matters. The 50th anniversary of the game of the century, 1971, might be a bloody affair, and I'm not talking about the British profanity. Either check this out, right, or risk losing everything about the sport. Like, this is what the sport is about. It's on Big Fox. It's going to matter a lot to the folks that raise us to love college football and I hope you will enjoy it. All right, number four. Number four, number four. 2-0, Iowa. Defeated Iowa State 27-17. They are the only team in the entire country, nay, the universe, to wield not one, but two top 25 victories this season. It's like them and Thanos with the two stones. Number three, after Iowa, I got Georgia. They 2-0. Now, they beat Clemson, who we all think is decent enough. I uh, rank him number 10. And then they whooped University of Alabama, Birmingham, 56 to 7. Okay? And they felt so good about their chances going into that game that they started the Ryan Fitzpatrick of college football, Stetson Bennett. They whooped the Dragons like they had Shang-Chi's 10 rings telling you man it wasn't fair number two i got oregon day 2-0 and o. obviously they defeated ohio state 35-28 last week we'll see what happens the rest of the way but they have a clear path to the college football playoff number one thanos himself with the gauntlet alabama they whooped up on mercer poor old mercer in georgia 48-14 the sec west is 13-1 this season Now, five of its seven members are ranked in the AP's poll, right? I got six in there, and Alabama leads the way because, well, they're Alabama. But I have to say, the week two slate of top 25 games was awful. And I mean the O-F-F-A-L awful, okay? Just, 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 Just refuse on the floor. What am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to rank you accordingly after this? All right. Now, in what has become our favorite segment here at the number one Rank show, we got to put the money in the bag. We had some close calls for FBS programs, nearly losing their money and their wins to some smaller schools who just nudged out a win. All right, let's run through these right quick. Oklahoma State barely beat my alma mater, Tulsa 28-23, because we got two 90s on the field, and we don't know where we're going to run two-point in Stillwater. Army... Barely beat West Kentucky, 38-35 at West Point, and Army fans had the nerve to tell me to rank them last week. Minnesota barely got past a Miami team from Ohio, 31-26 at the bank. South Carolina edged out East Carolina, 20-17. I love Beamer, but you're going to have to do better when you get Georgia this week. La Tech survived Southeast Louisiana, 45-42. Louisiana survived Nichols with the two L's. 27-24, 27 to 24, and Texas Tech survived. Stephen F. Austin, 28-22. Oh, but did we have some pockets empty? Just, just empty pockets everywhere. All right, it's not just that Duquesne beat Ohio, 28-26 on the road. Duquesne had not beaten an FBS opponent since 1949 when the Dukes held off Ohio's two-point conversion attempt with nine seconds left to get the W. And Joe Burrows is Athens, Ohio. It's that Ohio paid $420,000 for the privilege. Duquesne is the first Northeast Conference member to whoop an uh, FBS opponent ever. Ohio put the money in the bag okay it's not just that Florida State lost 20 to 17 to Jacksonville State It's that the Knowles paid four hundred thousand dollars for the privilege Jacksonville State put the shimmy in the shag Tallahassee has been sacked conquered had Florida State Put the money in the bag. Now, the athletic deputy managing editor Jason Starrett unearthed this gem: the 59-yard pass to Jackson St- or from Jackson State's Zarek Cooper to Demond Johnson was the longest game-winning TD pass as time expired in an FBS game since September 16, 2017. That day, Florida's Felipe, Felipe Frank, excuse me, Felipe connected with Tyree Cleveland on a 63-yard TD to beat Catherine Donnelly's Tennessee. This JSU-FSU game started well. And it started well because McKenzie Milton, you know, started the game. But I watched Keyshawn Helton drop a pass from Milton where the man couldn't have been more wide open if he was professing his undying love for Ariana Grande. I mean, he was butt naked open and he dropped that pass that should have been six and could have won them the game. Call him Quentin Chaney. Milton finished the game just 18 of 31 for 133 with a TD and a pick. Deshaun Corbin did his part, though. 15 carries for 109 yards, which means he's had back-to-back 100-yard rushing performances to start the season, averaging better than eight yards a carry. With Jordan Travis's speed, honestly, I got to ask the question, why isn't he playing running back in a split-back set with Corbin stratt- straddling Milton? What's more, there were 24 penalties for 235 yards in this game. FSU had 11 for 114 and collected five sacks. But when they didn't get home, they allowed third down conversions and first downs. The Gamecocks converted eight of 17 third downs and earned 21 first downs to FSU's 22. All jokes aside, no matter what we say about Nebraska, they didn't lose to Jacksonville State, Duquesne, UC Davis. Yeah, UC Davis, Eastern Washington, South Dakota State, Holy Cross, Montana, or East Tennessee State at home. Directional land grant university losing to Cornelius Vanderbilt. Congratulations to all you FCS winners out there. Emptying pockets, putting money in the bag. I love that segment. All right. Now, lastly, USC Athletic Director Mike Bone announced Trojans football coach Clay Helton has become former Trojans football coach Clay Helton, though he was a bit kinder in the release. Bone called it, quote, a change in leadership, end quote, in the headline. I call it being fired on your day off. Bone said, quote, Clay is one of the finest human beings I have met in this industry, and he has been a tremendous role model and mentor to our young men, end quote. Here to tell you, none of those traits let Helton keep his job, though in case you, you know, forget winning and winning often matters most. At USC, it's the bare minimum. After five years of tremendous ups like winning the Pac-12 championship, winning the Rose Bowl, finishing number three in the 2017 Associated Press poll, and flipping the nation's number one overall recruit from Clemson to USC in 2021. And tremendous downs, like finishing dead last in the Pac-12 and number 64 overall in the 2020 Composite Team recruiting rankings, losing the commitment of Heisman frontrunner Bryce Young to Alabama. The event that actually sent Helton packing was a humiliating defeat 42 to 28 to unranked Stanford at the Coliseum. The Trojans lost to a tree. It's honestly though, been quite the high wire act by Helton to keep his job through a change in university president and athletic director. And he seemed to have done enough last year to get, you know, his conference and his program back into not just the conference title game, but also in the conversation as one of the top 25 teams in the country starts the season. Okay. After filling the cupboard with three transfers from Texas, including the 2018 Platt National Player of the Year in Jake Smith, I thought Helton had done more than enough to put USC in a spot to become the first Pac-12 program to play in the college football playoff in half a decade, let alone win the Pac-12 championship. And apparently, so did his boss who fired him On his day off, rather than wait, Bone decided to get a jump on looking at top candidates in the market and perhaps some candidates who aren't on the market. Among head coaches, both in the NFL and college, I believe there are five people that Bone should call. Starting with number one, Oregon coach Mario Cristobal, then Minnesota coach P.J. Fleck, then Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle, then Penn State coach James Franklin, and then Jacksonville Jaguars coach urban Meyer and it seems earlier today the four-letter network reports Eric Bieniemy is interested in the job can't do much worse than a, you know Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator who coaches Pat Mahomes everyone but fickle has his own cult of personality and a proven track record of success Fleck flipped Western Michigan into a New Year's 16 and Minnesota into an 11-win program Franklin left with a winning record at Vanderbilt who lost to Directional Tennessee Land-Grant University two weeks ago. Cristobal coaches the defending Pac-12 champion and might end the season with the best win in the sport against number three Ohio State on the road, and it has the bravado and the hustle necessary to recruit Southern California. We know this because he's recruiting and developing Players from Southern California right now. You know, like presumptive 2022 number one overall pick, Kayvon Thibodeau. And Fickle, he's perhaps got the inside track, having worked for Bone at Cincy when Bone was his athletic director, as well as coaching his Bearcats to a narrow loss in the Peach Bowl in a de facto road game against Georgia in January and a top 10 team in September. To some, not necessarily to me. Among assistants, though, Both in the NFL and college, we'll start with the enemy, but I also think that Bone needs to call Notre Dame defense coordinator Marcus Freeman before he calls anybody else. Along with Freeman, Alabama wide receivers coach Holman Wiggins, Oklahoma coach Dennis Simmons, Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables, and Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady all need to be gauged for their interest and interviewed. You might also reach out to Ted Lasso and see if he would like to give up one of his assistants. Freeman has been one of the riding stars in the sport for the last three years, and his boss believes he'll be a head coach soon. Why not USC? Perhaps Venables will say no, like he said no to literally every other head coaching gig, but you gotta call him. He's too good at his job. Wiggins developed one of the, you know, just second wide receivers in the last 30 years to win the Heisman Memorial Trophy, you know, and Dennis Simmons at Oklahoma steadily turned Oklahoma into the kind of wide receiver factory that put Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb into the league, like, three years apart. Brady, perhaps, is the person you go to if you end up looking to the air, like, as in to air out your attack again, as Helton was forced to do with the hires of Cliff Kingsbury and then Graham Harrell. He, like Wiggins, Meyer, and Venables, also holds something USC hasn't since Pete Carroll was head coach. It's called a national title ring. If USC managed to swoop any one of those coaches who have, you know, had the big job in the Big Ten, Fleck, Franklin, and Meyer, to name the three, we know that the Alliance working out just fine for the Pac-12, and then there's a bit more outside the box thinking. Check this out. Trent Dilfer should be the next head coach at USC, an industry source told me. Excellent recruiter, works with Elite 11, and he's obviously connected who has the direct relationship with elite athletes like him. Nobody comes close to Dilfer. USC needs to recruit talent. Dilfer can do that and more, end quote. As head coach at Lipscomb Academy, his program, made the state championship last year. He also has, you know, tremendous background as a sports media professional and a Super Bowl ring as a starting quarterback. The most interesting part of Dilfer's resume is his work with Elite 11, though, where he's seen and evaluated Most first-round quarterbacks in the NFL over the past two decades. Quietly, he's one of the most influential people in recruiting, quite honestly. But there's a reason Meyer's name has been bandied about for the job since he announced his retirement at Ohio State in 2018. He's a fit. And college football coaching jobs are as much about fit as the shoes you wear to run a marathon. You pick the wrong shoes and it's going to be a brutal 26.2 miles that you might not even finish. And the USC job is unlike any other in America, for starters. They once had a head coach who could make a death penalty joke and get the laugh, along with four national titles. Pete Carroll was as likable and brimming with personality as any coach ever in the sport. Add to that, he's the second most successful coach in college, of the 21st century and he hasn't coached the sport in more than a decade but that bright winning smile over the top of national titles is not what's wanted at usc it's what's expected the number of people throwing ed orgeron's name at this usc vacancy demonstrates how little y'all talk to usc fans read usc football stories or lurk on their boards All you have to do is listen to know that Ed O ain't their guy. And neither is Iowa State coach Matt Campbell. It's not enough to be hardworking like Campbell or to be one of the best recruiters on earth like Orgeron. You've got to be Hollywood and hardworking. In a word, you've got to be talented because if it was want to, that was what was needed and all it took to get what you wanted, I'd be six foot six, 260 and walk around with a cape. You've got to be at home in a living room, in a weight room, and in an entertainment executive boardroom. The job is as open and selective as becoming the United States president. USC might be the only program in the country where they want their head coach to be more Hollywood than a head coach. As a matter of fact, they want Ryan Coogler, and you're trying to fit them with Tyler Perry. They need Barry Jenkins, and you're trying to fit them with Michael Bay. They want Steve McQueen, and you're trying to fit them with a Russo brother. And they want more on this list. And more on the list they want is a very short one. But it's attainable. Because not too long ago, we talked about the USC Trojans. Like we talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. They don't just want to win at the box office. They want the Oscars and the prestige to go with it. They don't need a filmmaker. They need an auteur. Bone's job now? Find him and back the Brinks truck up to get him. That's our show for today. But before we go, I have some outstanding news to share. I will be in Norman this weekend as a guest on Fox Sports' ultimate college football road trip. And Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman joins the show this weekend with Georgia Southern on Saturday in a massive game against Texas A&M on September 25th, the number one ranked show. Is hosted by me, RJ Young. Thank you to our sponsor, DirecTV Stream. Our lead producer is Katherine Donnelly. Our director is John Marcus. Our social media manager is Javion Duncan. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohn. Our editor is a Tang Tejano. And our executive producer is Kristen Hurley. That is it for me. Doses.